Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta today on the show. What we know about the Falcons as we head into game number one against the Saints coming up this weekend. UGA sent a message, and this might be a sneaky, tough stretch for the Braves. We'll talk about all that next. Hitting Hard with John Chuck. Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. We welcome you into this Tuesday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend as we get back at it. Game week for the Atlanta Falcons. Head to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser, hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free today. Leave us a five-star review. And then give me a follow on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. As I said, we get ready for Falcons week one game action against the New Orleans Saints as the regular season kicks off officially in the NFL kickoff on Thursday. So what do we know about the Falcons going into this game, right? Where where do we kind of stand? What are some of the storylines and things like that? We'll break the game down itself a little bit later in the week, but just some of the news and notes that, that, that go around right now. So first off, the center position. Now, Arthur Smith said in his press conference yesterday that we'll know who the starting center is going to be when the depth chart comes out later on today. He wouldn't specify, wouldn't say. He said, wait for the depth chart to come out, and that will tell you. Now, what we do know is Drew Dolman took the first team snaps yesterday at practice. My guess would be, and we said this right last week on the show, it'll be Tuesday or Wednesday before we have a feel about who's going to be the starting center, right? Well, most likely it's going to be Drew Dolman which means, you know, you've got a new left guard, you've got a new center. Okay, what did we say before on the show? You can't play Jalen Mayfield and Matt Hennessy side by side again. You can't do that. Obviously, if it is Dolman and, and Wilkinson, then obviously the coaches listened and they realized how bad that really was. I think it will be Dolman. I've thought it was going to be Dolman here for a while. We'll see what the depth chart says, excuse me, later on this afternoon. But Dolman did take reps with the first team yesterday. Your nickel cornerback spot, Isaiah Oliver, is on the IR, right? Remember, with all the news about Deion Jones and Mayfield and and Marlon Davidson, IR, and everything like that, Isaiah Oliver was another guy who went on IR. So he most likely would have been your starting nickel corner. So now who gets that spot? My guess would be D. Alford is going to get a shot, who I thought had a really good camp, thought had a really good preseason, Thought he did, again, what was asked. When you get out there on the field, make plays, maximize your minutes, right? He did all of that. So my guess is Alford's going to start on, um, D. Alford, that is, is going to start on Sunday at that nickel corner spot. And again, that's an important position in today's NFL. When, when you think about the fact that most teams play 60% to two-thirds of the time in nickel coverage, <coughs> excuse me, then you realize how important that is. And I think they wanted Isaiah Oliver to start there, but with him being an IR, expect D. Alford to be in that. We got word yesterday that Drake London was back at practice. Now, I, I understand for you out there, it's no big deal, no big deal, that your rookie first-round wide receiver draft pick only missed, I don't know, a month of 
training camp and preseason. No big deal. That happens all the time. That's normal. That's expected. It's no big deal. It wasn't much of an injury. It only kept the rookie out for a month of the preseason and training camp. Everything's fine and perfect here. Let me tell you what else we got yesterday. Arthur Smith didn't commit to Drake London playing. Wasn't like he came out yesterday and said, yeah, London's good to go and we're ready to see him on the field. I'll say, here's his words. Well, you know, he's progressing. Well, we're going to monitor him. If he was ready to play, they'd say he's ready to go. They, they wouldn't have to. There's, there's no gamesmanship in that. If a guy's ready to play, he's on the field and he's going to play. Do I think he's going to play? Probably. They'll do what they have to do. Shoot his knee up. They'll do whatever to get him to play. So good to see him back at practice, even though it's only been a month. But nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. All right, we'll talk more about this in just a second. But first, let me talk about my friends over at Built Bar, Built.com. Have you gone there yet? Have you tried the marshmallow puffs, the protein-infused marshmallow puffs? They've got the new flavor out. Ready? Cookie dough chunk. That's the newest flavor in the marshmallow puffs. Cookie dough chunk is your newest flavor. Real cookie dough chunks and, of course, covered in 100% real chocolate. Now, we've told you before about how great these marshmallow puffs are, right? 15 grams of protein in them, but only 160 calories, right? So you're looking for that low-sugar, low-carb, low-calorie snack that you want some protein mixed in. Nothing better than trying these marshmallow puffs. Go to Built.com today. Check out their newest flavor, Cookie Dough Chunk Puffs. And when you go to Built.com, put together your order and use the coupon code LOCKEDON15. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the number one, the number one, the number five, excuse me, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Use the promo code Locked on 15, and you'll get 15% off your order simply by using that promo code at checkout. Head to built.com today. Now, what else did we learn? We also learned yesterday in the press conference that Arthur Smith, in talking about, because he was asked by one of the local talking heads that thinks they're smarter than everybody about, well, how many games do you need to evaluate, you know, uh, Desmond Ritter and all? Oh, God. Okay. All right. You know, First off, Mr. Beat Nudnik, you know, local media guy that thinks he's smart and everybody, just come on my podcast and I'll answer all those questions for you. Because here's the reality. We won't have a final picture on Desmond Ritter. I've said this on my radio show. I've said it here. If, the Fal- if it goes bad for the Falcons and the bottom falls out and they have a top three pick where they can go get one of those two quarterbacks, Stroud or Bryce Young, you have to go get one of those guys. You can't monkey around and hope for the best at quarterback in the NFL. You have to go invest capital in one of those guys. But we'll worry about that down the road. Mariota's going to start. And as Arthur Smith said, I've got no clue on how we're going to evaluate Desmond Ritter. We're going to evaluate Marcus Mariota because we need him to be better. If we're going to play well, we need him to be better. So again, I understand the talking pundits and the people that make your head want to explode. And I'll talk about this with the Georgia thing coming up here in a little bit about another pundit who just made my head explode over the weekend. They need to figure out what Marcus Mariota is or is not out of all of it. And again, the other thing too is what's the offensive line going to do to hold up? Last year, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport accounted for, ready, 21 and a half sacks. This team had 46 sacks last year. So let me give you some perspective, okay? 
Take their two top guys, two, not one, two top guys out of the equation, Davenport and Cam Jordan. Take those guys out, and they still had 24 and a half sacks. What did we say the Falcons had? 18. The Falcons' entire roster, even with all their leaders, had 18. They, with their two guys, top two guys out, still had 24 and a half. So, again, when this matchup comes along on Sunday, first thing to glue your eyeballs on is how does our offensive line hold up? And especially at the tackle position, especially on the outside, especially at that right tackle spot. McGarry has won that job. He's done enough to win it. Let's see now if he's done enough to keep it. Because if things start to go bad, I don't think they're going to monkey around with right tackle this year. They will make a change out there. So that's the first thing as we head toward the end of the week and we start to preview this game. That is all. It's I don't care about pass and run. Tell me what our line of scrimmage does to slow them down in the game. Now, again, I said we'll break this down a little bit later on in the week. But when we get back, UGA sent a message. We'll talk about that next. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hitting hard with John Chuckery here in Locked on Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Put Locked on Sports Atlanta into your search browser. Hit that subscribe button. We're pushing toward 4,000 subscribers. We appreciate it so greatly. Leave us a comment. Of course, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free today. Leave us a five-star review and then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. That was a message on Saturday. 49-3, to University of Georgia absolutely, positively obliterated the Oregon Ducks, the number 11-rated Oregon Ducks. Now, look. I said on my college football show on Saturday morning that I thought Georgia would win. I thought Georgia would cover. Georgia didn't just cover. The spread was almost three touchdowns, and they more than doubled the number. I think it was 18 or 19 was the spread going into the game. They won by 46. So, look, here's here's what we found out for sure in this game. Number one, Stetson Bennett showed that he's ready to take that next step and and play at an even higher level. And I think Georgia would be a playoff team, even if Stetson Bennett didn't have a big step forward. But he had an enormous game. And I was told by a Georgia pundit on on the college football show that I do on Saturdays, I was told that, oh, well, this is going to be the blueprint. Dan Lanning is going to have the blueprint for how to take away Stetson Bennett. They're going to take away the middle of the field. and going to force them on the outside and this, that, and the other. Blah, 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 blah. Okay? Well, let me tell you, if that's the blueprint for how to slow down and stop Bennett in Georgia, they should take Dan Lanning as either a lousy coach or he should take that blueprint, soak it in kerosene, and then cover it in lighter fluid, burn it, to a million charred pieces and then take those million pieces and put them into a shredder and make charcoal out of it. Because if that's your blueprint for how you're going to slow down this Georgia team, you're in real trouble. And I heard some people on Twitter, well, the schedule will be hard. Okay, who's beating Georgia? Who? Unless they beat themselves, who's beating Georgia? They'll obviously win this week against Samford. Is, is Samford's son going to play? It's not Samford's son. It's just Samford. All right. Anyway, 
They'll throttle South Carolina. They'll throttle Missouri. They'll throttle everybody on their schedule. Maybe the Florida game after what we saw on Saturday. But if that's the blueprint, you're in real trouble. Bennett in that game was 25 of 31 for 368, two touchdowns, no picks, and ready, 11.9 yards per attempt. 25 of 31 for 11.9 yards per attempt. To put it in perspective, Bo Nix was 21 of 37, a buck 73, 4.7 yards per attempt. Not a single touchdown, but did manage two picks. And this Georgia defense, and we'll talk about these guys here in just a second, aren't going to miss a beat. First, let me talk about my friends over at Coffee AM. You know how much I love these folks. Right here in the state of Georgia, up in Canton, they are your best small batch coffee roaster in America. CoffeeAM.com is the place to go. You want organic coffees, you want flavored coffees, you need teas, you're looking for a mug, a pug, a bug, whatever. All of that stuff is at CoffeeAM.com. So here's what I want you to do. Head to CoffeeAM.com backslash locked on. CoffeeAM.com backslash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Go there today. Check out their wide extent. You need K-Cups. You need this. Beat by the boop. They got everything there for you, okay? I want you to put together that first order, okay? Get a wide variety of different things. Trust me, when they deliver that box to your house and you open it up, it's going to smell like heaven on earth. Get a wide variety of different things at coffeeam.com backslash locked on. And when you put that first order together and you hit the checkout, okay, I want you to put the coupon code locked on, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, locked on, put that coupon code in at checkout. You'll get 15% off your first order. Coffees, teas, gift set, doesn't matter. Whatever you buy, 15% off that first order simply by using the coupon code Locked on at checkout, locked on at the checkout. We'll get you 15% off that first order, coffeeam.com. They are the best small batch coffee roaster in America. Now, defensively, oh, Georgia lost all. They lost 15 guys, and they lost five first-round draft. Did they look like a defense that lost five first-round NFL draft picks? Here's what we know for sure, okay? The idea of, well, there might be a bump in the road, you know, in their – Ain't going to happen. You saw Christopher Smith and Jalen Carter, and you saw all these guys just go out there and club Oregon. And I don't care what Oregon is or is not. That's still a Division I team. I got news for you. They beat they beat half the teams on Georgia's schedule. They beat the Vandys and the Missouris and those kinds of crap teams because those teams are garbage. Good for Vandy. They're 2-0 and for the first time since 2018 after they beat Elon. Good for them. Uh, good for good for Vanderbilt, okay? But we saw this Georgia defense get after it, and their secondary is outstanding. Christopher Smith, who, by the way, won the SEC Defensive Player of the Week award. That's all he did in his first game out there. He's going to be a handful for teams this year. That That's going to be your big X-factor guy. And I go back to the early... Mark Rick days in the early 2000, 2001, 2002, and all that, when they had Thomas Davis and Sean Jones, and then eventually had Greg Blue and those guys, right? That That's where Georgia's defense was so good. Yeah, they had Pollock and Thurman and those guys, and they were outstanding up front. And Pollock was the stud of all studs. But what was really the X factor about what, major, what made Georgia hum and run with the Brian Van Gorder defense, what got them to full tilt boogie mode was having Sean Jones and Thomas Davis and those guys. 
Christopher Smith is an outstanding defensive player. He's going to be first team all SEC. Keely Ringo is going to be first team all SEC. Jalen Carter is going to be first team all SEC. And guess what's going to happen? They're going to have another five guys that are drafted first round in the NFL off their defense. So I don't know if you want to talk about blueprints and stuff like that. You could not have put a blueprint up better for what Georgia is. And they completely overwhelmed Oregon with their talent. And guess what? For the vast, vast, vast majority of the teams this year that Georgia plays, they're going to do that to them every week. They're going to overwhelm them with their talent. And if Stetson Bennett is this guy and, and he's going to up his game and they're going to get that offense into full tilt boogie mode, then Georgia's not going to get beat during the regular season. That's the best bet that there is was, I think it was Vegas insiders that had Georgia at 10 and a half regular season wins. Brother, that's the easiest check to cash in the history of betting in mankind is taking the over on Georgia. Because unless they go out there and they beat themselves, there was no hangover, there was no fatigue, there was no fat cat syndrome, there was no rubber chicken dinner syndrome for the Bulldogs. And I saw this firsthand at SEC Media Days. When I sat down with Kirby, when I sat down with Nolan Smith, when I sat down with these guys, and Stetson Bennett was another guy I sat down with, you could tell this team was ready to rock and roll, and there was no fat cat syndrome, and they showed that. That's a bad sign for the rest of college football because I would make a case. Alabama and Georgia probably played better than any two other top 10 teams in America. Certainly more, and I understand level of competition. I'm with you. But when you look what Georgia did, that was a message to the college football world that, hey, we're here to stay. We ain't going anywhere. And, yeah, we lost all these guys last year. And guess what? I got a whole crap ton of them coming right behind to whoop you every week. All right, when we come back, this is going to be a sneaky, maybe difficult stretch, tough stretch for the Braves. We'll compare that to what the Mets have going on. We'll talk about it next. Hitting hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Back on Hidden Hard with John Chuck Rand, Locked on Sports Atlanta. Head to YouTube.com. Put that Locked on Sports Atlanta in the search browser. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment. Free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can find us on Spotify, Odyssey, whatever your favorites are. Hit us up with a five-star review. And, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. So we get ready tonight for Braves baseball. Braves and Mets both back in action as we really head down the final stretch, right? What, 27 games left for the regular season here as the Braves are now one game behind the Mets and still have three to play with the Mets. But here's one thing that I will, I want to watch out for is if you look at the Braves schedule coming up here over this next uh, eight games, right? They are in Oakland starting tonight. Oakland is maybe no, not maybe they are the most disgraceful despicable, low-life, dirtbag organization in the entirety of Major League Baseball. And I'm not knocking their players. Their ownership and front office and everything is the absolute disgrace of Major League Baseball with what they've done to that organization. So two in Oakland, then three in Seattle, who right now is fighting tooth and nail to be a wild card team. They're not going to win that division. Houston's running away with that division. But Seattle's been very good this year. They're a handful of games above 500. And then they'll finish by going to San Francisco. Now, San Francisco is only three games below 500. 
but you know they play well at home and don't look now. San Francisco's won four in a row. So they're playing well right now. Seattle's really good. You'll certainly throttle Oakland because they're despicable. They're a disgraceful franchise. But those next three games in Seattle and San Francisco could be a little bit tricky. Now compare that to the Mets and their next 10-game stretch that they have. They've got four in Pittsburgh against the disgusting, despicable, low-life Pirates. Then they'll head down to Miami to play the god-awful Miami Marlins, and then they'll wrap up at home with a three-game set against the Chicago Cubs. Ready? The Cubs, Marlins, and uh, Pittsburgh Pirates are a combined. Ready? They are a combined 80 games below 500. Those three teams are 80 games below 500. And I know the Mets just lost a series to the Washington Nationals coming out of nowhere, okay? But the idea that the Mets are going to start losing multiple series against these dirtbag, low-life organizations, I don't see it happening. Pittsburgh, Miami, and the Cubs. Again, baseball needs to step into some of these organizations. They need to create a floor for the salary cap. They need to do something because this is disgraceful. And the Braves will take on Oakland and I, who right now have a $25 million payroll after they've traded everybody away. And this doesn't even count when they gave away Chapman and Olsen at the beginning of the year. They're now sitting at $25 million that they're play, playing with. Again, Max Scherzer's a $43 million player himself. He's $18 million more than their entire roster that's out there. And again, these teams have all expanded their roster. So you know that they've got some more Jamokes that are on their roster that they'll play some of their young guys and try to establish what they are or not. But it, it's I just want to caution that, hey, Braves need to keep focused and stay focused because I still want the division at the end of the day. Still want this to be about the Braves taking the division. You know, taking away that extra playoff game or extra playoff round and things like that and, and not having to worry about being on the road at any point during the playoffs. I want the Braves to be able to win the division and have a more straightforward path to getting the, to the World Series again. Both teams, by the way, the Mets and the Braves, both are going to be in the playoffs, okay? At the end of the day, is it going to matter if the Braves don't win the division? No, because they're going to be in the playoffs. Both the Mets and Braves will be in there, okay? And I understand right now the Mets are in a little bit, you know, they were in a little bit of a funk over the weekend against the Nationals. But let's also not forget, they did take two of three from the L.A. Dodgers. And by the way, also this week, DeGrom is pitching in what the third game this week. He's going to pitch in, he's pitching in, in uh, what game three on Wednesday. So again, we've talked about, they won't go into any kind of long losing funks because when you've got Scherzer and DeGrom and their game got postponed yesterday, so they didn't play. So they're going to have to make that up here. But when you've got those two guys, at the top of rotation, you're not going into any kind of long funks, but the Braves just have to keep focus, keep your foot on the gas pedal, keep doing your thing. You know, we've we've had to watch a little bit. The runners in scoring position thing has started to creep back around to that. Okay, where are we? Right? Where are we at with all of that? So that's kind of crept its head back in. But they beat up on the Rockies and did what they had to do. They swept the Miami Marlins out of town. And what was really impressive about that is they beat the ever-living daylights out of the guy who might be the National League Cy Young winner when all is said and done, Sandy Alcantara. We'll see how he pitches down the stretch because – 
don't look now. The Braves have multiple guys who are in the Cy Young hunt. They have the top two guys for the rookie of the year. And you want to talk about fun battles coming down the stretch? The Michael Harris-Spencer Strider debate about who should be rookie of the year, and historically the position player has won that battle. But Spencer Strider's on track to be over 200 strikeouts. There are very few guys not named Negro, Smoltz, you know, and those guys that have struck out 200 guys. You've got a few guys, the Kevin Millwoods and such, that have done that before. But a 200 strikeout pitcher in Braves history has not been few and you know, has been kind of few and far between. It's not like the Dodgers of the 60s where Drysdale and Koufax were throwing 250 Ks every single year for each of them. And Don Sutton was throwing 200 strikeouts a year. They haven't been as many of those for the Braves. But that's going to be a fascinating debate about where Harris and Strider end up. They're going to finish 1-2, but who deserves it more? So there's obviously, look, the division is right there for the taking. What you don't want to do right now with just a handful of games left is stub your toe in a couple of series. And, and there are, again, in Seattle, in San Francisco, those can kind of go the way that it went against the St. Louis Cardinals. Both of those teams are good enough to take two out of three from the Atlanta Braves. I don't know if the Pirates and the Marlins and the Cubs, maybe one of those teams is good enough to take, you know, multiple games against the, the New York Mets. But God, those are just disgusting franchises. And the Braves, by the way, they're going to pound the ever-living daylights out of the freaking Oakland A's, who are a disgrace to baseball out there. So keep your eyes on this next 8, 9, 10-game stretch for both of these teams. Braves can kind of keep it at 1-2. It's right where you want to be. At this time of the year, when you've only got less than 30 games, all of a sudden, if you get three, four, five games down, that's a lot to make up. And, and the Mets have the easiest stretch of anybody in baseball as far as the way the schedule goes, right? Because after we get through that 10-game stretch, they're home again with the Pirates at Milwaukee, but then they go to Oakland for three games, Miami, the Braves, and they finish up with the Washington Nationals. So it's going to be easy running for the Mets. The Braves and Brewers are the only real series that are almost guaranteed to be kind of maybe stub your toe out there. Just keep your foot on the gas. Keep your focus. Win these games against these god-awful teams. All right, we well, thank you so much for making Hit and Hard with John Trekker your first listen every day. Make A to Z with Mark Zinno your second listen every day as Mark's back talking all things sports in Atlanta. Check him out on our YouTube page at Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hit that subscribe button. Also, leave us a comment there. Five-star review us when you download us for free on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. And then follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. We'll be back for a hump day edition tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta.